This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and wholehogsports.com. Arkansas gets another chance to snap what's really become the longest losing streak in, in school history. 16 consecutive games against Alabama this weekend in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN. Certainly not the the type of ideal situation Arkansas going into Alabama trying to snap a losing streak. Alabama and Arkansas going in, in two different directions right now. The Crimson Tide undefeated in SEC play. They've beaten Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M last three weeks. Arkansas obviously struggling with losses to A&M and Ole Miss. Uh, there's some head-to-head comparisons that you can make there between them. Also a loss to LSU. And then the other thing that uh, Arkansas has working against it is that if you're going to beat Alabama, you need to go in to Tuscaloosa healthy. Arkansas is not exactly healthy right now, Scotty. They've they've got some missing pieces probably this weekend. We don't know exactly who's not going to be there, uh, but the the expectation after listening to Sam Pittman on his radio show last night is that there are going to be players that are missing when they go to Alabama this weekend. We we saw we saw last week when they played Ole Miss. Uh, that they had a lot of players injured in that game. Not the way you want to go into Tuscaloosa banged up. No, it's really not. There's really a there's really no good time to go in if you're healthy. Um, but it's even tougher um, to feel like you can go in and compete when you know a lot of guys that you count on are are banged up. I mean, I think the one that stands out to me is is Chris Paul. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a veteran, but he's already kind of been through the rigors of a of an sec schedule especially last year he was he was counted on quite a bit when bumper pool was banged up um got a lot of good experience from from that and came into this season you know with a lot of expectation and he's just been been injured a lot uh, kind of like several other guys like Devin Manuel you know um but I think linebacker is going to be a big position to watch who is playing alongside Jaheim Thomas most um even he got banged up a little bit last week. Um, yeah, I think Jalen Braxton's another one. He's a he's a kid that like last week before he he left the game, uh, Pro Football Focus had him uh, allowing no receptions on four targets against Ole Miss, and so it's kind of tough to lose a kid that had been playing really well on the perimeter, had taken a starting job as a freshman. Uh, I think that's what you wanted to see, you know, from the top rated guy in your your class. From according to 24-7. Um, looks like you might have Cam Ball back. You know, he didn't go through fastball start on Tuesday, but he was active Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so that's a plus. But um, who is the other one that I'm forgetting? Is Braxton oh, and, Wal- and uh, Al Walcott. I mean, it's another hard-hitting safety that, you know, is all Big 12 guy at, at Baylor. So uh, potentially – Going in without those three guys, you're going to have to count on your depth, and you might see Dwight McLaughlin and and Snacks Johnson at the at the corner spots. And I, I feel pretty good about those two guys. I think Snacks played pretty well at corner last week. I think he gave up two catches on three targets, but for nine yards. I think you'll you'll take that uh, any day of the week. I think Nudie getting back, I think may give Arkansas a shot in the arm. He's got one of the the better coverage grades um, among any any FBS cornerback that that's played. Uh, I think at least 50 snaps. So, yeah, never good to go in a little bit banged up. Um, but I think last week gave me maybe a little bit of confidence that the defense can 
you know, they can sub guys in and, and get quality play from 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 their depth. Well, and Alabama's offense is, is not a great offense this year. It's it's not the type of offense that we've seen in the past from them. Jalen Milrow, their quarterback, has been kind of hit and miss. He he had a good game last week against Texas A&M, but this is the same quarterback who didn't play well against Texas and got benched the following week, and, and they had to be in a four-quarter uh, dogfight with South Florida in Tampa as a result of it playing other quarterbacks down there. It, it's really unfortunate Arkansas is in the situation that it's in, and I, I mean that kind of all-encompassing from the injury standpoint to the way that they're playing. Uh because this is the type of year that you feel like you might be able to get Alabama if you had a good team. This would be the type of year you could break that long losing streak. We saw Arkansas play well at LSU. They had a chance to win in Death Valley at the end. Uh, they played okay last week at Ole Miss, certainly played well enough to to win the game. Uh, just didn't make enough plays late to hold on to a fourth quarter lead. So you know this team has got an opportunity to go into a road environment and play well uh but they're, they're just not playing well you know what i mean it, and so it's, it's kind of unfortunate because uh ethan i know you were at the scouting report this is not alabama's best team under nick saban i think it's far from it uh they got beat by texas mentioned the south florida game didn't look great against Ole miss but they found a way to win late that game uh but they're starting to look better the last couple of weeks but still you feel like if, if arkansas had a i don't know just better situation going into Tuscaloosa they might have a better chance to to snap this losing streak I, I don't think anybody thinks it's going to happen I know none of us think it's going to happen and you'll get the Vegas point spread they they've got Alabama by 19. Oh you're right I think that that's what's kind of so frustrating about this season for I think a lot of Arkansas fans it's kind of the first time in a while that you're looking at the SEC West and all these teams have deficiencies you know Alabama open. It, yeah, Alabama, I mean, offensively is ranking near the bottom um, in most categories. Then you look at LSU defensively, they haven't found it, found anything on defense. So it's like, um, honestly, all it would take, I feel like, this year in the West is a team to be near the top. You don't even have to be at the top, just near the top offensively and defensively, just kind of be balanced a little bit, and you could contend for the top. But, yeah, Alabama, um, their defense is pretty scary good, though. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the more I've just gotten in and looked at them. I mean, Arkansas is struggling to put the ball in the end zone regardless who they're playing. We thought they'd have more success against Ole Miss than they did. Alabama has allowed five touchdowns since that loss to Texas. I'd, mm -hmm. And no SEC team scored more than two on them. So it's a tall task. Um, you know, Sam Pittman in the preseason, he, uh, I know he was talking about uh, Jeff Coat calling him a bad man. But let me tell you, Dallas Turner for Alabama, that's a bad man. I've, <laughs> been watching a little bit of him and he's just a havoc wrecker um in every sense of the word i think he's third nationally right now in sacks per game mm -hmm. i think he could be i think he could have a big game against arkansas i mean the offensive line has got a huge challenge with alabama this week um yeah i think i wrote this in the scouting report but i'll reiterate it i mean if you look at the end of the game and kj jefferson's jersey is somehow still white arkansas might actually stand a chance because um, I mean, if, if he's on the ground, I don't see there, if, if they can't protect him, I don't see any chance that Arkansas is going to be able to string together anything against this defense. I think their only real chance is the deep is Arkansas's defense playing a really solid game against a pretty, you know, below average Alabama offense. And then the offense and then Arkansas offensively somehow figuring out how to protect KJ. And then maybe just even then it's like, <laughs> do you have what it takes to beat Bama? Um, 
but we'll see. I, I definitely don't think this is the best Bama team by any stretch of the imagination that we've seen of recent history, but um, they might be figuring things out now. Jalen Milrow had actually a really big game against Texas A&M, had career high in passing yards, and we know Arkansas struggled against Texas A&M de- uh, defensively, so or Arkansas's offense struggled against Texas A&M's defense is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Maybe Milrose figuring things out at the right time for Nick Saban and Alabama. Well, I think it says something about Alabama. I think it says something about the SEC West a little bit that uh, you look at Alabama, even with one loss, and you say, hey, they could easily be in the playoff. I mean, they could. They run the table. They're going to the playoff because it means they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and they run the table, they're going to go undefeated in SEC play because their only loss uh, was to Texas. Uh, I don't I don't think them being in the playoff is, is outside the realm of possibility at all, even with what we view as deficiencies for them. Now, granted, you're that, that's a high bar that you're you're comparing any Alabama team to some of the, the, the past teams that Saban has had. You mentioned Dallas Turner. Basically, what he's done is he's slid over into the role that Will Anderson had on that defense last year and he's putting up, I I think Will Anderson type stats. I mean, uh, AP voters put together this week, their offensive and defensive players of the year at the midway point. He was one of two sec players uh, that were, uh, or or two defensive players that were uh, voted on as defensive player of the year to this point in the sec. The other one uh, from Mississippi state, their leading tackler, but Dallas Turner, six and a half sacks. That's best in the sec nine tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, eight quarterback hurries. I mean, these are these are Will Anderson-type stats that he's putting up. And Ethan mentioned Alabama's uh, defensive uh, abilities this year. I mean, you look at what they've done in SEC play. I'm going to pull the spreadsheet out here. I think both of you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, Ole Miss, they scored uh, 24 points. or uh, I'm sorry, they scored 10 points in 10 possessions against Alabama. Mississippi State scored 17 points at 11 possessions against Alabama. Texas A&M scored 20 points in 12 possessions against Alabama. The only SEC defense that's getting off the field at a higher clip than the Crimson Tide are is Texas A&M. And we saw how good that defense was two weeks ago. Uh, Maybe the offensive deficiencies have uh, made you forget that this is a really good Alabama defense again. Yeah, I think one of the things that jumps out to me, you look at Alabama's tackles for lost numbers, but especially Dallas Turner, like you mentioned, he's got nine. Those He's got like those nine tackles for loss have generated um, 49 lost yards. Like it's not like he's just he's getting a guy a yard behind the, the line of scrimmage or two yards. I mean, he's he's getting after these dudes and it's it's, you know, four or five, six yard losses uh, at a time. And I think Another guy that you need to be aware of is is Chris Braswell. He's, I mean, he's right up there too. I mean, he's, he doesn't have Dallas Turner's numbers, but six and a half tackles for loss and you know four and a half sacks. I think I think it, it defensively it starts with those two, um, you know, generating pressure and tackles for loss and just getting you know opposing offenses behind schedule. And then at that point, they can just kind of pin their ears back. Um, and just cut it loose. And those two guys, they get into the backfield with bad intentions, and they've they've combined for for three forced fumbles uh, this year. So I think for for KJ, he knows that he's going to get pressure. I mean, that's just been a, a given, um, or it's got to be a given at, at at this point, I think. And so him securing the football when he feels pressure and when he gets hit, 
Um, I think that's that's a big deal because I don't think Arkansas's offense is, you know, generally hasn't started with great field position. And so if you have mm-hmm. less than ideal field position and, you know, some of these game wreckers get into the backfield and, and jar a ball loose and you give Alabama's offense, you know, 15, 20, 25 yards to work with, uh, you could find yourself behind on the scoreboard really quickly. You guys ever played the NCAA football games, the video games? Yeah, I played like as recently as like a few days ago. <laughs> oh, Alabama, yeah. I would go in there. I would go in there and give all these fake names. It was a blast. But yeah, Alabama feels like the dynasty mode. I mean, you know, it's like you, you would get to a certain point and I haven't played it for a long time. But, uh, you know, it, you would get to a certain point and, you, and you'd be with one team and it just gets so good that it wasn't even fun anymore. And you know, you get the, the new players and you kind of forget who the old players were, their names. That's kind of where Alabama is. And you think about like with Saban, it's gotten to the point that his great defensive players early are retiring from the NFL now. And yet here they just keep churning players out. Um, it, it's amazing what they've done defensively. I was thinking about that as you were talking about Dallas Turner and and Braswell being kind of, you know, this, the, the new guys. And I mean, you could probably compare them to, 15, 20 other players that were like them before in Saban's tenure. It's it's just really amazing the way that they turn out defensive talent. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like you watch any NFL game on a Sunday and it, it's like you're just seeing Alabama defensive playmakers mm-hmm. in every game. I'm a, I mean, it's hard to admit this, but I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. It's pretty miserable. But I was uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago watching them play the Detroit Lions and Brian Branch, who had that, they have the star position at Alabama, which is like their hybrid safety. He was, uh, he played for them just last year in that position. He was wrecking havoc against the Falcons whenever, um, whenever I was watching that game a few weeks ago. It's just, but that's, I mean, I feel like it's not exclusive to just that game whenever I'm watching the Falcons play. I feel like every week they're going against somebody who was really good. They played Will Anderson last week on the Mm -hmm. Texans. Boy, he's good. Um, It's just, yeah, it's just Alabama dominates in the NFL right now, and you see a lot of that talent on the defensive side. And I, I think the thing that stands out to me is that and this doesn't really make any difference, but all the the names of the guys, like they pass that Vern Lundquist name test. Like if he drops it in a two thirty game or back in the day on CBS, it just sounds like the kid is going to have like a maybe a decade long career in the league. And you know, I watched Hard Knocks uh, with the Jets, and then watched them the other day, and you got guys like C.J. Mosley. Um, on that defense and you know, Quentin Williams one of the, maybe the best defensive tackle in the league. Yeah. Quentin Williams is really good. And it's like another, like Dante Hightower, you know, he, I think he played with the Patriots for a while and CJ Mosley, like, it feels like he's, he hasn't been out of school that long, but he's like a vet in the NFL, just, you know, getting things done. Yeah. The, the, the defensive talent that, that Alabama's put out is just pretty much second to none. Quarterback play, I think, is obviously going to be key to this game. If Arkansas has any chance, you got to have Jefferson having a good game. Uh, you know, certainly Milrow has been prone to having some some subpar, if not poor, performances this year for Alabama. So much of that is is based on, or, or what you're going to see from them is going to be based on what the opposing defenses are going to be able to do. You know, we talked about Alabama defensively. I think they'll probably put quite a bit of pressure on Jefferson. It's going to be really interesting to see what Arkansas does <clears throat> from an offensive line perspective this week with all the struggles that they're having up front. 
uh, you know, do they try to get Jefferson outside the pocket and, and put him on the move because that's where he's best. And we just haven't seen that uh, very much from him this year. Certainly not enough or, or at least not as much as I think that they should be doing. And then, you know, from Alabama's perspective, Arkansas played pretty well defensively uh, last week. They weren't bad against Texas A&M. Uh, how much pressure can they put on Jalen Milrow? That'll be uh, an interesting quest or an interesting thing to watch this week. And the other thing with Milrow, we saw it last year. He can kill you with his legs. He had that big 77-yard run, I think, on third down uh, early in the fourth quarter. And that was just a total back-breaking play for Arkansas in that game last year when it felt like they had some momentum and maybe a chance to to make it a competitive game at the wire. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think Alabama before that run had like negative yards in the second half or something. Is if it was either negative yards in the second half or it was just a few and then and then they bust, bust off, off three 70-yard runs in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think they had like 261 rushing yards in the fourth quarter by the time mm. it was over. I mean, that was just a backbreaker. It was right after a false start that had put them in a third and 15. Arkansas had just brought it within 28-23, mm-hmm. and then he busts off that long run, and it was just – that was that completely flipped the game. Yeah, he – and he's been doing it again this year. I think he's seventh in the SEC in rushing yards. He's um He's just so good at scrambling, kind of the way that – you know, KJ's been, he's a different runner than I think he's a lot faster than KJ, but, um, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, seventh in the SEC in rushing touchdowns, not rushing yards, um, seventh in rushing touchdowns. So they like to, you know, get him in whenever they're inside the 10 yard line, you see a lot of these design quarterback runs for him to, um, but yeah, he's definitely every bit of a dual threat quarterback. I think that's where Arkansas with the linebacker injuries, it, it can be potentially, unsettling this weekend because your linebackers are the ones who need to be able to to run down a quarterback like Milrow before he gets into the second level. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think something else to watch this weekend and talking about getting pressure on Milrow, looking at pro football focus numbers, I think there is an advantage that Arkansas could have um, defensively. Caden Proctor is their uh, freshman left tackle, according to their depth chart, which I don't know if I don't know if Nick Saban has, you know, any any recollection of what that is, or if he had anything to 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 do with putting it together. But Caden Proctor, I mean, he's a mountain. He's six seven and three hundred sixty pounds. Again, he's a freshman, and he's the second lowest graded offensive player on uh, Alabama's team. And he's played, I think, over three hundred snaps. So it's not like He's, you know, he just got in in garbage time and and one of these, um, like against Mississippi State or one of their earlier wins, he plays a lot. And I think he's the assumed starter there. And it would be interesting to to see, I think I wrote this in keys, Landon Jackson and Trajan Jeffcoat, do they, can they take advantage of that matchup? Because Tr- Jeffcoat's coming off probably his best game at Arkansas. He had three TFLs last week. And no, he had the, the, Really poorly timed roughing the passer uh, on Jackson Dart, which I think I think that set Arkansas. Uh, I think that pushed Ole Miss from the from midfield to the thirty five, and I think they ended up getting a field goal out of that to to set the final score. Um, but you need more of the TFL game wrecking type stuff from Jeff Coat, less of the uh, the the bad decision making, you know, in, in a split second um, like that. But I think Jeff Coat's experience in the league 
can play a factor in this. Maybe he gives something proc gives something to Proctor that maybe he hasn't seen before. Um, and Landon Jackson may be able to do that too. You know, Landon's six seven himself, doesn't weigh nearly three hundred and sixty pounds, but um, you know, all that added weight in the in the off season, you know, I think there's a chance that that those two guys could maybe give him some problems. Um, maybe get after Milrow a little bit, but they still they still have to be a factor in the run game too. And I think that's where um, I think that's where Arkansas lost the game last week was was Ole Miss's run game. Um, and I think A and M held Alabama to a really really low number uh, running the ball last week. So I imagine they'll try to maybe want to get that back on track. Hmm. Uh, so Arkansas has got to got to gear up for the run big time. A&M's a great run defense. Uh, special teams, I think, is something to watch this weekend. It's always something to watch with Alabama. Non-offensive touchdowns are the things to watch for Alabama. And it doesn't even have to be touchdowns. You know, you, you pay attention to the touchdowns, but it it's the turnovers that, you know, might put them at the, the plus 15. You know what I mean? It's But they've, they've got 91 non-offensive touchdowns under Saban. We've seen it happen to Arkansas a lot. Uh, I think Arkansas has had Alabama's special teams or defense score against them eight times during the Saban era. Eight of the 91 touchdowns have come against Arkansas. And so Arkansas has been a team that has really felt the, the wrath of that a lot. Um, Arkansas, you know, I mean, they gave up a long punt return touchdown to A&M. They gave up another long punt return to Anaya Smith of A&M. So that's certainly something to watch this week. Ole Miss, they had an interception, almost housed it against the Razorbacks last week, set them up with a first and goal at the three-yard line in the first quarter. Uh, these are things that I think you need to watch. From Alabama's standpoint, they had a pick six against Mississippi State two weeks ago by uh, Braswell. Braswell blocked a field goal, picked it up. It was one of the, the great individual efforts I think you'll ever see, him coming through, blocking the field goal, picking it up, and running it back for a touchdown against A&M, only to have it called off because Dallas Turner was called for what I think was kind of a ticky-tack blindside block about 15, 20 yards behind the play probably shouldn't have been called but it was and, and it waved it off but I think all of that goes to show you that this Alabama team is just as good as others at creating turnovers creating havoc on defense and on special teams and you know making it to where their offense doesn't have to be perfect because a lot of times they're going to be either they're going to have seven points 14 points whatever the case might be that they don't have to score or they're going to be set up in good field position because of, of the turnovers and the, the good field position that's set up by the special teams. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I, I doing the scouting report for Alabama, I felt the same way I did as doing Texas A&M's that I was like, well, I'm writing about a, dy a dynamic punt returner in Kool-Aid McKinstry who hasn't really done anything this year. I was saying the same thing about Anaya Smith of like, oh, he might be due. Um, so McKinstry, I think he was second in the nation last year in mm -hmm. return, like average. So he's shown he can do it. He had a lot of preseason love. Um, I think he was an All-American by nearly everybody. If he wasn't first team, he was second team in the punt return department. So it might be time for him to bust one loose. But on the other end of it, I think Isaiah Satania could also have a pretty big game talking about special teams. Um, it's still a game time decision with their punter, um, James Burnup. He went out, I think it was the first or second quarter last week against A&M. Um, he pulled like a muscle in his leg or something. So Will Riker, their kicker, became the punter. And he actually did a pretty good job. Um, I think it averaged like 40 yards or so. He earned SEC's special, uh, special teams player of the week honors for it. I guess just because he was in an uncomfortable position <laughs> having to do that. But um, yeah, I, I maybe 
maybe it's, you know, going against somebody who's not used to being the starting punter um, is something Arkansas could take advantage of. I just feel like against Alabama, you it's going to be really hard to score offensively. So it's you got to almost find other ways to score. It's not Satania maybe getting the offense at least in good field position once or twice. Uh, maybe it's the defense coming through with a big play. But, yeah, um, I agree. Special teams could be really big this weekend. Um, and I think we might have, like, kind of the kicker matchup of the year in the SEC. Yep. Riker you could throw Little. Missouri, yeah, you could throw maybe Missouri's kicker in there as well. But um, Reichard and Little have both been really accurate. Um, Reichard, like, on the verge of becoming the NCAA's, like, scoring leader. I think he needs 50 more points this year, yeah. which I don't know if he can get well, there, but – still <laughs> and he only needs one point on saturday to become the sec's all-time scoring leader so his his first pat he's in a tie right now with daniel carlson the the former kicker for auburn who's now in the nfl with the raiders a pat will will give him the sec's all-time scoring lead i think with 481 points uh little so good uh, 52 50 56 yard field goals the last three weeks um he was looking at this the other day something kind of interesting He's leading the SEC in touchback percentage right now. 29 of 33 of his kickoffs have been touchbacks. So, you know, that's that's a key to not not giving him an opportunity to have a return. You mentioned Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, I was thinking about this, and I looked it up while you were talking. 45-yard punt return he had against Arkansas last year uh, was a, a big play um, in the game you know, where they almost break another non-offensive touchdown. I think I had flashes of all these other times at Alabama that was running down the sideline and scoring as he was uh, re- returning the ball that game. And another note on Reichard, he's made 25 consecutive field goals. So he's he's really good. These are, like you said, it, it may be the kicking matchup of the year in terms of these are the two kickers that could potentially be all SEC at the end of the season. The Whole Hog Football Podcast is sponsored by Kendall King, design, display, signage, kendallking.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-K-I-N-G.com. The Kindle King Group family of companies plays to win, just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today. From digital omni-channel creative services, through in-store signing and displays, and finally, to social influence, we've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies, Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win, and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go hogs! I got this wild-haired idea this week to do these SEC efficiency ratings with offense and defense. And Barry Trammell, who's a great columnist over in Oklahoma, uh, he does something similar for the Big 12, and it's kind of what made me start looking at the numbers uh, for the SEC. And it was really interesting to look at this. You know, it, basically what you do is you take uh, every team's games against other SEC teams, and you look and see how efficient – was the offense in terms of how many points did they score versus how many opportunities they had to score. Same with defense. How many times did they get off the field versus how many uh, possessions did the opposing offense have? And it, you know, it spit out some interesting numbers. Take Alabama. Uh, they have one of the SEC's most efficient defenses, number two behind Texas A&M. Uh, offensively, they're up there. They're not quite at the level of uh, LSU or Missouri or Ole Miss, but I think they're fourth in the conference in offensive efficiency. And then for Arkansas, uh, they're sixth in the SEC in defensive efficiency. They're tied for 10th with A&M in offensive efficiency. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of some interesting numbers and a a unique way to look at 
these numbers that we know exist. It's just a, a different lens to look at them, Ethan. Yeah, no, I thought it was really interesting um, seeing what you did. I mean, it. I think it's one of those um, type of statistics that as the year progresses, it'll just naturally become mm -hmm. more and more accurate just because, I mean, for instance, we're talking about Alabama's defense has been really good. They played um, in – I mean, for them, they've played an Ole Miss in there. They've played um, Texas A&M, which isn't bad offensively. So you can, I feel like you can put a lot of stock already in that their defense, uh, the efficiency rating for their defense is probably pretty accurate. Um, but then you have some teams like, um, for example, your Arkansas, who, I mean, their offensive efficiency isn't good on there. Um, but you also have to factor in that, they they might be at the bottom if it wasn't for playing LSU. So I think that, yeah, just as more games get in there and that has time to more just kind of reach that equilibrium of um, we've actually got like enough data in here to, I don't know, maybe um, tell the whole story. Um, you might see a few things that are a little bit head scratching up until that point. But yeah, no, I yeah. think that it definitely doesn't lie on Alabama. Their defense is very legitimate. And I think that, you know, by, by using the, like looking at those ratings, it makes me wonder if Arkansas is going to get a touchdown on Saturday. It's it's incomplete. The data is incomplete, but it's just kind of like I said, a unique way to use it. And the other and the reason I say that as we segue into predictions now is that it kind of it can spit out some point spreads for each week's games. And so I'm going to see how this works this week. I'm going to make my picks based on what this data tells us. All right, so let's get into predictions now. First game of the week is going to be 11 a.m. kickoff on CBS. CBS gets a double header uh, alongside, or I say first game of the week is to be played at the same time as Arkansas, Alabama. But Georgia goes to Vanderbilt, 11 o'clock kickoff on CBS. Scotty, we'll start with you. That'll be a bloodbath. Um, <laughs> and I think it'll probably be probably a four-score game by halftime. I just, I think Georgia, maybe Georgia kicked it in gear last week you know what i mean it, it felt like kentucky was maybe kind of the sexy pick to i don't know if upset georgia was is the right way to say it but maybe give them a game um, because something seemed quote unquote off uh with georgia i think last week they they showed that there's nothing really wrong with them at all so um i would probably take georgia coming off last week against pretty much anybody in the league but i'm and i'm definitely taking them against vanderbilt yeah, end of the day, this is Georgia versus Vanderbilt, and I don't think you really have to say too much more. Um, and more or less, the most interesting thing will be if they cover, I think it's 31 and a half right now, the spread. Um, that's the most interesting th thing about this game to me, but I, I like Georgia by a lot. Okay, so the defensive metrics here that I've got spits out a 17-point Georgia point spread. I think that's way too low. Uh, I'll, take the, I'll take that line with your book. Oh, man, that's crazy. Georgia, big, over Vandy on Saturday. 2.30 kickoff on CBS. Texas A&M goes to Tennessee. The balls have been off for a week. A&M coming off the loss to Alabama. Yeah, I kind of wonder mentally where Texas A&M is. Like, they had a great shot to, you know, kind of take early control of, of the, the Western Division last week. And pretty pretty big letdown, I would think. Probably had felt like they had a good, good of a shot to, to take down Alabama as maybe any other year couldn't quite get it done um i just i like i like tennessee i just i think they can i think they can score but it's going to be a challenge against a&m's defense but um i like them probably by about a touchdown at home last time that tennessee went up against a pretty good defense was against florida and 
they didn't look very good. I think Texas A&M still got a really good defense. Um, I think this one's going to be really close, though. With this being in Knoxville, I just, yeah, I just think that this one has the potential to come down to the, to the wire. And I think that, you know, the next week, t uh, Tennessee's got Alabama waiting, and we all know what happened last year in that game. I think they might get caught, even coming off a of bye week, I think they might get caught looking ahead a little bit. And I like Texas A&M to go in there and win. I want to go back to something real quick. Georgia on these efficiency ratings, 11 possessions, 51 points last week, most efficient offensive uh, uh, game of the year for an SEC team when they play Kentucky. All right, A&M, Tennessee, defense travels. A&M has the best defense in the league this year. Tennessee coming off the bye week, I think sometimes it can cause you to be a little bit sluggish when you come out of the gates. I, I think A&M goes into Knoxville and, and pulls off an upset. I, I think A&M has got a good team. Tennessee struggled to score on Florida, and Florida – uh, from an efficiency standpoint is is twice as bad or, or maybe A&M is twice as good as Florida is from a defensive efficiency. I think Tennessee struggles and, and I'm going to take A&M to win a close game. 2.30 kickoff also on SEC Network. Florida goes to South Carolina. I really don't I really don't know about this one because I'm not sold I don't think on, on either head coach. Um, I'm just going to go with South Carolina I think because they're at home. Um, really no other reason that I can <laughs> I can really think of I think Spencer Rattler's a good quarterback I think he's putting up some numbers um yeah I don't I just don't think I'm I'm sold on on Billy Napier yet I'm going the same way as you on this one I think that South Carolina with it being at home um that they'll get a win I if Florida have you know more of a pass rush they're pretty good defensively but it hasn't really come with a lot of sacks South Carolina's offensive line isn't very good but Florida hasn't really rushed the quarterback too much. Um, I just think with that being at home, Spencer Rattler might make enough plays to get out of there with the win. I think they're favored by a couple points too. So oh, I'll go with Vegas on this one and say that they win. This is where efficiency ratings get skewed because Florida's had the opportunity to play Vanderbilt. South Carolina had to play Georgia. You know, that it can, can create some numbers that are skewed. It says Florida wins. I think South Carolina wins. One of the things... Florida has not been good on the road under Billy Napier at all. I think South Carolina wins this. I bet both of these coaches would love to have Steve Spurrier on the sideline on Saturday. That that might make a difference. Auburn goes to LSU, 6 o'clock kickoff on ESPNU. I'm sorry, on ESPN. Auburn, the SEC's worst offense. LSU, the SEC's best. Yeah, I think that makes the difference. Um, LSU kind of found itself with its back against the wall last week at Missouri and came up with just enough defensive stops against a Missouri offense that moved the ball really well. Um, I think I'm liking um, Brady Cook more and more each time I watch him. He's a pretty good player. Um, but I just think LSU is able to, to score enough. Uh, and that's, I wonder, I wonder how Jalen Daniels is, is feeling this week. I know he got, he got cracked pretty hard um, running into the end zone uh, late in that game against Missouri last week. But I think mm -hmm. if he's, if he's healthy and able to go, I think I think uh, LSU will win pretty big. I think in order to beat LSU this year, if you don't have an elite defense like maybe your Alabama, you're just gonna have to you're gonna have to outscore them. You're gonna have to do what Ole Miss did and just go toe for toe with them. Arkansas was even almost able to do it, which is crazy. I I just don't think Auburn has that firepower to do it. So I like LSU to win this one by quite a bit. Auburn's offense is the unmovable force. LSU's defense is the movable object. Uh, the, the the question here is is whether or not uh, Auburn's offense can get better playing a, a poor LSU defense. I, I think LSU 
scores a lot of points and and runs away with this game. 6.30 kickoff Saturday night. Missouri goes to Kentucky on SEC Network. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, a minute ago with Missouri, I like their offense and their, and some of the pieces that they have, especially Luther Burden. I think he's I think he's probably he might be top three receivers in the league uh, at this point. But I think Kentucky's defense is really good, um, giving up just 21 points uh, per game for the season. So I'll, I like Kentucky at home. Yeah, I like Kentucky to bounce back after last week as well. I just think maybe the emotional letdown of that. Missouri felt like they had that game against LSU. They really felt like they had it. LSU pulled away at the very end. Um, I think you might see a little bit of that emotional letdown being on the road against a pretty good defensive team. I like uh, Kentucky to win. We'll see if uh, Mark Stoops says after the game if Missouri bought a good roster. Uh, I think Kentucky on the on at home is is the the play here. Although. Missouri and that offense under Brady Cook, really good. And, and they've overperformed based on my expectations for that team this year. That, that might be the best game of the weekend, Missouri and Kentucky, at least the most competitive game. All right, Arkansas at Alabama on ESPN, 11 o'clock kickoff, like we said, Saturday morning. We've already shown our hand. We don't think Arkansas is going to win this game. So the question is, Scotty, can they cover the 19-and-a-half-point spread? Yeah, I don't know. I would stay away from that one with everything. Uh, in my being if I was somebody else um, I could see it getting out of hand like if Arkansas just can't protect KJ and maybe he you know makes some turnover worthy throws or puts Arkansas puts the ball on the ground I could see it getting out of hand quick but um, I was encouraged by the defense a little bit I think they'll hang in for a bit but I think the depth of Alabama's talents just just clearly too much I agree I think the difference in this one is just simply Arkansas won't be able to you know not only score some points i don't think that they'll be able to sustain drives and keep the defense off the field for very long i do think this one might look a little bit like the south florida alabama game i could see arkansas scoring only field goals like south florida did and i could see arkansas's defense actually giving them a little bit of trouble too um i just think end of the day there's no way i'm picking arkansas on this one to to um to win outright number one but i i think they i think they could cover the spread though because i think it'll be pretty low scoring so yeah, I like Alabama and like kind of a maybe like a 20 to 6 game or something like that. You guys tiptoed around that question. Neither of you really neither of you really answered it directly. I'm going to say Arkansas uh, does stay within 19 and a half. I, I think that their defense is playing well enough. I think Alabama's offense is just a little bit too inconsistent. Uh, so, so I'm going to say Arkansas is able to stay within that. And it's, it's really like kind of like the game at Ole Miss last week. It's a good opportunity to see, uh, you know, how in you know how, how much onto the rope for lack of a better term is, is Arkansas holding on to right now uh, they showed some fight against Ole Miss I thought that was uh, really good to see after the way they played the week before against Arlington are they gonna show some fight in this game and that's gonna set you up I think maybe you're it's gonna allow you to maybe set your expectations up for the final five weeks by how much of a fight they give Alabama on Saturday I think Alabama wins but I think Arkansas is able to keep it within three touchdowns not really a high bar i know but uh, you know hey it's it would show some fight i think based on what looks like a, a pretty big talent discrepancy between these two teams all right like we said 11 o'clock saturday mornings the kickoff hope you come to wholehogsports.com before during and after the game for all of our coverage and we'll be back with another podcast next week to look back at alabama and look forward against mississippi state who's off this week and they're the worst defense in the sec 
We can get into that next week. For Scotty Bordelon and Ethan Westerman, I'm Matt Jones. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Whole Hog Football Podcast. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.